Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I'm so happy that you're here today. I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and meet me in a book that we're not too often at, but it is a fantastic read, and that would be the book of First Chronicles. We're going to go to chapter 4, and let's talk about this amazing guy named Jabez. Uh, we're going to start in verse 9. And look at a guy that seems to just pop in out of nowhere and uh, do some amazing things and then disappear. Uh, but we're going to find out today that the truth is uh, he doesn't just pop in, nor does he disappear. And we're going to see some uh, insights into the prayer of Jabez. And I believe it's going to really help you in your prayer life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and illuminate the scriptures so that we can spiritually see them, spiritually hear them, and take your word and apply it to our lives. Father, let your word be as spiritual food to us today, building faith and giving clear vision. We just thank you. We receive the help of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We pray, and around the world we say, Amen. Okay, First Chronicles chapter 4 Verse 9, it says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Well, back in the year 2000, there was a man named Bruce Wilkinson, and he wrote a book called The Prayer of Jabez. And that book was basically on this little bitty uh, two verses out of the Bible. Basically, the prayer is just one verse. So he wrote a whole book on one verse, and it was really anointed by the Lord, and that book has now sold nine million copies. And the catch is, is that it seems like a real short, real simple prayer, and it is. And God answered the prayer, but as we know, it's not like a magic silver bullet, where this is like something, just pray it, and you know, God says, yes, done. There uh, are some insights that will help us to understand why God answered this prayer. And when you pray this prayer, I think if you understand a little bit more about Jabez, I believe God will answer the same prayer for you when you pray it. Praise God. So we want to discuss this man Jabez a little bit more today. Now, verse 9, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Now, this phrase, I bore him in pain, is very interesting because we could think, well, that, that could mean just about anything. I mean, did she have difficulties during the labor? Uh, you know, what was going on? Was she burying him in pain because uh, some kind of a wild activity was going on outside of the tent where she's giving birth at? Uh, was the glory departing <laughs> or something like that? <laughs> well, thank God for the rabbinic literature that has been re uh, written down, sharing the knowledge of the rabbis and of the history of the Jewish people. And when you want to find out a little bit more of the meat on the bones, a little bit more of the detail of the history, so that you can feel these stories in better then we can go back to the ancient writings of the sages, and particularly I'm talking about the Babylonian Talmud. When you study Scripture, particularly the Old Testament, 
and you're reading commentaries by what we would call Western preachers, they can really uh, bring a lot of understanding to the scriptures. But there are some areas of scripture that unless they understand Jewish customs, Jewish tradition, uh, Jewish lineage, and, uh, you know, basically those that wrote the book, basically. Uh, and, you know, of course, God worked through the, uh, those, the, the Jewish men that wrote uh, the books in the Old Testament. But without a good understanding of that Jewish identity, there will be some things that we're going to miss. And the Talmud, which is a very complex commentary on the Old Testament scriptures, a comp- uh, just a, a compiling together of commentaries by many different uh, world-leading rabbis. And of course, there it's called the Babylonian Talmud because they were in Babylon <laughs> in captivity. <laughs> there by the rivers of Babylon, we, we sat and wept. So, you know, they had a lot of time on their hands uh, to reflect upon the law of Moses and also upon the rich Jewish tradition. And thank God that many of them came out of that captivity, returned back to the Holy Land, praise God. But we can study those commentaries now. They used to all be in uh, like either Hebrew or some type of European language because as uh, you know, the Jews immigrated, to, uh, and particularly the rabbis with all of this knowledge, as they immigrated to Spain and other places like that, other countries over in Europe, it was uh, in a lot of different languages except English. But now we have uh, the availability to read these commentaries translated into English, and they are extremely helpful in filling in the gaps. And I will say this, that there have been a lot of biblical events that uh, sometimes archaeologists or skeptics, they kind of say, oh, there's no way that could be true. But then yet there will be uh, archaeological evidence that will be uncovered that directly validates God's word and refutes the skeptics and the doubters. So my friends, uh, the word of God is 100% true, and it is amazing that uh, many of these teachings of the rabbis expounding or commenting up on the Old Testament scriptures really are accurate uh, to a very amazing degree. They were very, uh, very good record keepers, very, very good in passing on that knowledge. Now, in the Talmudic literature, it basically says that Jabez was born prematurely. And this is, you know, teaching passed down from the rabbis, and uh, that this man was born premature, and his name actually means speedy, and that, uh, you know, quick. So he was actually called speedy, and that would be a term of endearment that his mother gave to him with that type of a name. But it would also be not just a term of endearment, it would actually be a statement of fact that he was a, what they would call a, a preemie, or he had a premature birth. And the root meaning of this name means a sudden and unexpected appearance. Very interesting. Now, as we know today, even with medical science today, that if there is a pre-birth, that child is going to be in a very delicate balance between life and death. They're usually all very, very underweight. 
And what happens in a pre-birth, particularly back in the, uh, you know, you go back hundreds and hundreds and a couple of thousand years ago, uh, it was a battle of survival, not only for the little baby that's been pre-born, but also for the mother. They're both usually fighting for their lives. And sometimes there can be lingering health effects uh, that the child, you know, has take place in his life because not everything was formed completely the way it should have been before he or she popped out. But nevertheless, that is really what we're looking at here saying, because I bore him in pain. I bore him in pain. So uh, the Lord wants to relieve pain. And the gospel is the pain relieving solution. Hallelujah to sin. (laughs) Praise God and all of its problems. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it's good to know that God can work through us to make things sweet. Hallelujah. Bring relief into our lives and also bring relief from suffering into lives of other people around us and even around the world. Praise God. Now let's continue on. Uh, Again, it says uh, his name's Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Now, the, the word bless in Hebrew means literally translated, it means empowered to prosper, to prosper in every single area of your life. And, and we all want that, don't we? We all want to be blessed. I mean, you don't have to pray, God, I, let me be cursed. God, I'm asking you to curse me real good. No, you don't, you don't need any help to be cursed, <laughs> but to be blessed requires God's empowerment, God's blessing riding upon your life to lift you up above all the challenges of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, let's continue. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And so that's that's a noticeable, tangible blessing. Indeed, an unmistakable knowing that, yep, I'm blessed. That's what he's looking for. That's what he wants. We're going to find out if he actually stepped into this. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. God is in, he's very interested in enlarging your territory. Now, you'll always have those that try to spiritualize everything. They'll, they'll, they have a theology that's basically, uh, it kind of it goes like this. You have some that have a theology where no matter what the scriptures say, they're going to try to spiritualize, spiritualize and say, that doesn't really refer to your finances, or that doesn't really refer to your body, or God won't really heal your body. He'll just spiritually heal you, or God will just spiritually do this for you. But the truth is, is that salvation, the new covenant of salvation includes wholeness, salvation for the whole person, spirit, soul, body. And it, it impacts every area of your need. God didn't leave anything out. So this phrase, enlarge my territory, yes, absolutely, that literally can mean land. It also can mean influence, uh, your ability to uh, affect others uh, for righteousness and to affect others to follow after the Lord and his ways. It would include all of that. This, this prayer is really a package deal. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me. Now that reminds me of Acts chapter 10, verse 38, where it says concerning Jesus that God was with him. 
And that, that's an amazing statement where you, you know that God is with you. And because he's with you, it's not like you're going to try to do anything now. It will, well, since God's with me, I'll, there's nothing I can't do. Yeah, but you don't need to do everything. All you need to do is do what God called you to do. But just knowing that while you do that, while you pursue your assignment, while you stay on task doing what God has called you to do, just knowing that he is with you is a tremendous blessing. Because if you didn't know that, you'd be like, well, I'm doing what God wants me to do, but I, I sure could use a little backup or I could use a little company. No, God's right there with you. The Holy Spirit is in you and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so this is what Jabez is asking for, that your hand would be with me. Also, the phrase, your hand, so often in scripture, we see that the hand of the Lord came upon the prophet or upon the king. The hand of the Lord also is an allegory that would refer to the spirit of God moving in a person's life. Praise God that your hand would be with me and that would you, that you would keep me from evil. Praise the Lord. And that's something that we all want. We don't want to walk into a trap. We don't want to walk into a mess. We, uh, we just want to stay clear of those, of those things, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And having known, I'm sure his mother told him, hey, this is why you have this name. This, this is your name. I'm sure having understood that, that he, he, he was a man of meditation. He was a man of reflection. And he said, well, I certainly caused my mother enough pain. <laughs> And I don't want to cause anybody else any more pain, nor do I want to inflict any unnecessary pain upon myself. And he prays that, that I may not cause pain. And I believe as Christians, we can go about bringing relief from physical pain through praying for the sick. We can bring relief from mental agony, uh, those that would struggle with psychological uh, trauma, those that have had or seen horrific things that have destabilized their mental state, and we can help relieve their pain, and not just help, relieve it completely through the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And of course, the greatest thing that we can bring relief to is to those that don't know Christ by bringing the cool water of salvation that they might receive eternal life through faith in Christ. Now look at this. So God granted him what he requested. And then the story changes, and we jump into a bunch of names, and we jump into a lot of uh, lineage that's laid out from various family members. And so we're left to think that the man Jabez pops in the scripture out of nowhere, and then after the prayer is over, uh, he's, he's gone off the, uh, uh, the historical records, and we all we know is that we have this little beautiful prayer, and God answered it. My friends, there's a lot more to the story. I want to get to that in just a moment, but I want to say that God granted him what he requested. And if that's all we knew about Jabez, that's enough. We know that God did it for him, and therefore we would understand that this prayer is a Holy Spirit anointed prayer, and that when we pray it, with a good heart, 
with an understanding also, I, I believe, of the motives of Jabez, that I believe that God will grant and answer this prayer request for you as well. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, let's see if we can go a little bit further with this man named Jabez. Praise God. The ancient rabbis and the commentaries in the Babylonian Talmud tell us that Jabez went on to become one of the greatest Torah teachers in the Old Testament. Woo, glory to God. Not just a Torah teacher. They said that he became one of the great ones, a great illuminary of the Mosaic law and of the teachings of God's word. But my friends, there's something even more fascinating about him is that we also will see that Jabez became a great leader and a mighty warrior. Wow. God certainly answered the man's prayer. Now, let me share a little light by saying that you have to understand that Jabez is his nickname. And don't let that throw you. You, you, see, you see this often in Scripture. Moses had a nickname for Joshua. Solomon had multiple nicknames. Uh, uh, he, had a, he, he even had a pen name. His pen name was Lemuel. And uh, his mother called him Jedediah. So he had, uh, he went by, I mean, you could just call various names and maybe Solomon might answer because he had multiple names. <laughs> and so this is not unusual in Scripture. And Jabez was his nickname. That's what his mom would call him and things like that. Well, what was his real name, Pastor Stephen? Well, his real name is the name that all of the rabbis and all of ancient Israel would have understood, and that name, of course, passed on through rabbinical knowledge, would be still understood by leading rabbis today. You want to see his real name? Just drop down to verse 13. The sons of Kenaz were Othniel and Sarah. The sons of Othniel were, and then it goes into the names of the sons of Othniel. Othniel is the real name of Jabez. And I already know what some of you are thinking. Pastor Stephen, that sounds really familiar. I have certainly heard that name before. Now, it's not a name like Moses or David or, or something like that, but it's, it's for many of you, it's really beginning to ring a bell. So I would like for us to talk just a little bit today about Jabez, his prayer, and the more uh, full picture of who this man was and why God answered this prayer. Now, his real name is Othniel, and let's go to the book of Judges, because that's most likely uh, where all of the uh, uh, remembrance of Scripture, memorization, and reading God's Word, you're thinking, that sounds like one of the judges from uh, the early days of, uh, of the judges when Israel didn't have a king, didn't have a leader, and you're exactly right. Othniel was the first of 12 judges that God gave to the nation after Moses died, after Joshua died, then there was a vacuum in leadership, and the, the, the nation of Israel began to go into apostasy and begin to worship false gods. And whenever 
you have a covenant with God and you begin to go away from him and you begin to get into sin and begin to practice sin, uh, a person or a nation that's in covenant with God will begin to go into bondage. And when you go into bondage, now the enemy is ruling over you. Instead of being the head, now you're the tail. Instead of being above, now you're beneath. And it's no fun. It's no fun to be under the dominion of a cruel taskmaster. And so God raises up Othniel to be the first judge, and we see this in verse 7. Judges 3, verse 7. So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and Asherahs. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of Cushan, Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia. And the children of Israel served Cushan, Rishathaim, eight years, eight years or eight days. All of it is too long to be running with the devil. If you're watching me today and you once knew Jesus and you've gotten away, you backslid, you've walked away from God. Now you're in bondage to the devil and the the devil's the boss over your life. It's time to come back. Time to tell uh, that old king uh, goodbye, King Kushan. Tell him goodbye. Whether it's eight years, eight months, or eight days, you don't want to be in the devil's camp, in the enemy's camp. You want to be serving the Lord. Praise God. Verse 9, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel. Notice you have to cry out first. When you get fed up with the devil, when you get fed up of living in the pig pen and say, God, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I can't handle this. This is disgusting. (laughs) When you cry out is when the Lord will begin to move upon your behalf. And now we know that this is going to be a repetitive thing where there's going to be a judge and a judge was a deliverer. He's wearing multiple hats. And then that judge is going to die. And then uh, there will be apostasy again. And then they'll be uh, crying out again because nobody likes being in bondage. And then God will send another deliverer, another judge. But my friends, this is the first judge This is the man Othniel. Let's go further. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel. Who delivered them? Othniel. That, my friends, is Jabez. Woo! And that's what all of the uh, commentaries in the rabbinic literature tell us, that this is actually who this man is. Jabez is Othniel. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. Now look at verse 10. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. My friends, the Holy Spirit is the one whom Jesus has sent to the earth to comfort the church, lead the church, to strengthen God's people, and to show them things to come. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon the scene, my friends, there's victory on the way. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon a man, or upon a woman, I'm telling you, the devil cannot hold such a person down. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. He went out to war. Ah, so he's a judge. He's going out to war. Sounds to me like he's uh, a person that's expanding his territory, that he has gone from a position of being a, a very good teacher now to a place of national prominence 
and he is influencing. Do you see that? The expansion of his territory. Oh, now see there, Pastor Stephen, I told you it wasn't about land. God never blesses you physically. It's only just spiritually. No, no, no. God will give you the whole package. Praise the Lord. But the, the, it's very important to understand that this area of influence uh, carries a great weight with the Lord. And if you're, if you're willing to be an influence for righteousness, trust me, you're going you're gonna to catch the Lord's attention. And how can you be an influence for righteousness by telling people what God's word says? How come you don't do that? Well, I don't do that because I'm a goody two-shoe. I don't do that because I'm trying to act self-righteous and make myself look good and make you look bad. I don't do that because God says I can't do that. I don't do that because in God's word, he says that's wrong. He calls that sin. That's why I can't do that. So you are what? You are an influence for righteousness. Woo, praise the Lord. Now, we see the expansion of his territory greatly. I mean, we're talking about tremendous level of increase here. The spirit of the Lord came upon him. Now, back in the Old Testament, it was very, very rare if the Holy Spirit ever came upon what we would call a layman. And uh, even still, when the Holy Spirit would move, he would usually only move upon three categories of people. Those would be the Jewish people who would either be a, a prophet or be a priest or see a king. So prophet, priest, or king, the Holy Spirit would move upon. And for the Holy Spirit to move upon this man is very special because First of all, you would think, well, was he a prophet, priest, or king? Uh, it doesn't appear to be. Now, we know that Moses was a tremendous prophet, and it could be that Othniel came into a, a prophetic-type ministry, but either way, there's no king. So he's really standing in the place of a king or as a leader, and thus the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And my friends, the Holy Spirit can come upon you today. We have this tremendous privilege in Christ of having the Holy Spirit not only be in us, but he can also come up on us. And that's something that the Spirit of the Lord coming up on a person in the Old Testament was rare and only happened to select people. But we as the children of God can also have the Holy Spirit move upon us. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. He went out to war. See there, he was a warrior also. I tell you what, he, he stepped into some big shoes and did a great job. And he judged Israel. He went out to war, and the Lord delivered Cushan, Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand. And his hand prevailed over Cushan, Rishathaim. So the land had rest for 40 years. Then Othniel, the son of Kenaz, died. Praise the Lord. Now, when he died, they buried him in Hebron, and he's actually buried there today. Hebron's a fascinating city. Many of the great patriarchs are actually buried in Hebron. It's just a little bit, oh, it, I guess the best way to say it is that it's not the safest place for Americans to go. I would like to go there, but um, a little bit risky, particularly during some times of the year or certain days is extra risky. But that's where Jabez, or Othniel as we now know him, is buried. Now, this is interesting because in the Talmud, it says that Othniel became one of the greatest Torah teachers that Israel had, had, had seen. I mean, this was a man that could take the law of Moses, the Mosaic law, and he could teach it. He, he had it completely memorized, and he could, uh, he could instruct people as to its meaning, and he was a tremendous teacher. 
And it's very important for us to understand that the teaching of God's Word is the unveiling of God's instructions. And God's instructions point us in the direction of obedience to His commandments. And obedience is not optional. It's absolutely essential in order in order for us to experience God's very best for our lives. Now, I want you to be thinking about this because this is, this is Jabez's prayer. The prayer that Jabez prayed, I want you to understand that Jabez was one of the great teachers of the law. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's ask a question. Did God increase his territory? Well, the the meaning of territory could, in a sense, refer to influence. And we could see clearly that that was a very uh, big enlargement that happened to his life. He's judging the whole nation now. But also, we do see that God blessed Jabez with more land. And that, my friends, is in the Bible. And now that we know that his name, his real name is Othniel, we can see it recorded in Scripture. Here's one example. I think he had other land as well. Here's one example. Joshua chapter 15. As we're looking at this, get ready for increase. Get ready for enlargement. Get ready to make a bigger impact for the kingdom of God through God's blessing in your life. He's going to bless you. He's going to increase your territory. Hallelujah. Some of you are going to jump to a regional impact. Some of you are going to jump to a national or a multinational, international type of impact. But get ready to, for the Lord to lift you to the next level because you're coming into it in this season. Not five years from now, you're coming into this bump up, this great step forward, hallelujah, in this current season. For some of you, it's almost like you're going to literally go from the back of the line directly to the very front of the line. Mark my words on that. Praise God. Some of you will see the literal fulfillment of what I just spoke to you. Praise God. Now, Joshua 15, verse 16. And Caleb said, He who attacks Kirjoth Sefer and takes it, to him I will give Aksa, my daughter, as wife. So Othniel, who's Othniel? Jabez. So Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it, and he gave him Oxa, his daughter, his wife. Let me stop there just for a second before I get to the part that I want to mainly bring out. But I shouldn't skip over this and leave you hanging. Excuse me just for a moment while I get a drink of water. Now, when you see that Othniel and Caleb were brothers, and one brother's giving the other brother his his daughter. Uh, you're kind of you're kind of wondering what's going on here. Let me say first of all that if I were to try to explain this in full, it would probably take about thirty minutes. These family lines and these lineages are very complex, and it takes a lot of work, even for. Hebrew rabbis to unravel who's who, who's related to who, and how this is actually working here. But I can safely say that he did not give his brother his own sister, okay? So we're not talking about incest here. Uh, there's a huge age gap also between Caleb 
and Othniel. It could, it could be as much as 40 to over 50 years in age difference. So this is, uh, this is not what it is appearing to be. When you dig into the lineage, there is a relationship there, but you have to understand that it's, it's somewhat diluted. And when you study the meaning of brother here in context, uh, it takes a while to unravel all of that. But no, he's not getting uh, his, his sister to be his wife. That is not what that is conveying right there. All right, verse 18. Now it was so, when she came to him, that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. Now, let's jump back to what we're referring to here, and the point I want to make is that Jabez, whose real name is Othniel, has now married Oxa. And Oxa, she is the daughter of Caleb. Now, everybody knows Joshua and Caleb, okay? Now, look at verse 18. Now, it was so when she came to him that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. So she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you wish? She answered, Give me a blessing. Sounds a little bit similar to that uh, prayer that Jabez prayed. Give me a blessing. Since you have given me land in the south, or down in the Negev, give me also springs of water. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. See, you have to understand this, this increase of land that's coming to uh, Aksa. She's married to Jabez. <laughs> so Jabez is literally increasing in physical territory. And I see that for many of you where God's going to take you into land ownership. And um, there's something about owning land. It's, it's like the old proverb says, they're not making any more of it, right? As there's something about owning land that the Holy Spirit can help you to buy a piece of property. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's just raw land, but you feel led to buy it. And perhaps you take it and you fix it up. And uh, maybe somebody wants to come by later and buy it for uh, what would be a wonderful profit for you. Uh, And so these are things that God can do. But it begins with ownership, and God can increase you. Now, I know right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to quite a few that you're going to see an increase in territory, and that is a literal meaning of owning more land. Perhaps it's owning your first piece of property, but either way, it's time for increase increase, increase in the owning of real property. How about this? This one had some, uh, had some springs of water on it. And you know, that was very valuable down in the Southern area of Israel, known as the beautiful Negev, which is very, very pretty. It's a desert, but it's still very beautiful. But to have springs, wow, hey, you're doing pretty good. That's a wonderful blessing to have. And of course, she is married too. Jabez, praise the Lord. Mm-mm. So yes, God did increase his territory with influence and also with land. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let us not forget that he also increased in the area of influence by being a national Torah teacher and instructing the people in the ways of righteousness. This is very, very important. Praise God. Now, there is actually, uh, when you read through the Old Testament and you see the name Jabez, uh, don't be confused when you come across uh, a word Jabez in the Bible that is actually referring to a town or village. And so there is actually mentioned in Scripture a town called Jabez, 
And guess who it's named after? Jabez, or Othniel as we know him. So this town is in Israel, and the rabbis teaches in the Talmud that Jabez, the town in Israel, is where Jabez taught all of the scribes. And this town became a, a just a receptacle of all of those that were called to be scribes. It was a schoolhouse for scribes. And he would teach them the law. He would teach them how to record it, how to write it, and everything that was involved in that whole process. And we are told through uh, rabbinic literature that the whole tribe or the whole family group of Jethro and the Kenites and the Rechabites left their homes near Jericho and went to the town of Jabez to learn from Jabez as he taught Torah to them and to everybody else that lived in the village. And, of course, that teaching would go out. Those instructions will go out on a national level to everyone there. So the town was named after him. And let me go back to the prayer of Jabez just for a moment because I want to show you uh, even another angle on the increase of territory. When he's praying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. The rabbis also teach that phrase, enlarge my territory. He's asking God, give me a whole bunch of students. <laughs> let, let my uh, 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 schoolhouse of all of these scribes just get bigger and bigger. And it did. God blessed it. He started getting students, as we would call them. He had, he had this, this thing going on where he, uh, he was teaching a lot of people. And uh, it really is fascinating how God answered this. So you see that tremendous influence this man had, praise the Lord. It's a very, very beautiful thing. Glory to God. And I believe that when you bring God into the equation, God's kingdom into the equation of why you're desiring increase, then that's something that really catches the heart of God. Here's a fascinating verse from uh, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 2, and I want to go to uh, verse 1, Isaiah 2, and let me drop on down here to verse 1. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now look at verse 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. Many translations say the last days. That's where we're living at right now. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. So this thing is coming to pass right now. We're in the middle of it. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people and many is not like hundred or 200, many is millions upon millions upon millions, hundreds of millions. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. Look, if you don't, if you don't know his ways, you can't walk in his paths. <laughs> and thank God for Jabez. So you can see him as a as a, a an elite Torah teacher, right? Uh, uh, training scribes and doing everything he can to influence the people of God for righteousness. And saying, God, increase my influence, increase my territory. Lord, I need more influence. I need uh, more provision. Lord, I need property. I need land. I mean, you can't. 
You can't have a school of ministry. You can't have a school of scribes sitting underneath a tree. You have to have property. You have to have facilities and all of those things. He will teach us his ways and shoot. He sh- we shall walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Mm-mm-mm. Look, if you can mix this into your prayer somehow, and I'm not saying you have to be a minister to mix this in. I'm just saying if you have the kingdom heart to see the increase of what's on God's heart in your prayer for increase and expansion, that's why the prayer gets answered. Because a lot of people have prayed the prayer of Jabez like it was some kind of magic silver bullet. And, well, the, the, the bullet never went anywhere. <laughs> and magic doesn't work. <laughs> so when you understand the context of who Jabez is, because he's Othniel, and the motive of this prayer, which is to influence people for righteousness, then you see why God would be so uh, in agreement to answer it and do it. So we know that that prayer concludes by saying in verse 10, God granted him what he requested. And we know that because God said it, but we've also seen it revealed in scripture, in Joshua, as we've looked at, and also in Judges, as we have seen as well. And he lived a very long life. He was a good man. He was actually counted as uh, amongst the teachers, the rabbis, as a very, very righteous man. In other words, he He not only taught it, but he lived it. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the prayer one more time. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. There's a purpose for the blessing. He he needs that to do what he, he is on his heart, the vision that God's given him. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. And that word is multifaceted. It's influence. It's literal land. It's whatever you need, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to enlarge because this is a large work to do. So if you want the Lord to enlarge your business, to increase your finances, you've got to pull the kingdom into that. And when you put the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, which is what people need, righteousness, then he's going to add all of these other things to you. Praise the Lord. But it's a, it's a beautiful prayer, and you should pray it. I would, I would encourage you to do it. Hallelujah. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand or your spirit, as we would say, would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil. That's good, absolutely, that I may not cause pain. Hallelujah. That you don't cause pain. You go around bringing relief, bringing the word of the Lord, bringing provision, bringing encouragement, uplifting people, everywhere you go, and also warning those that that are, you know, doing bad things. You have to warn them, as Paul did. There is a day of judgment coming, and God, through his Son, Jesus, is going to judge the world. There's a, there's a day of judgment coming. You have to warn people that. So God granted him what he requested. Praise the Lord. Now, before you leave today after hearing this message, I would like for you to just find a quiet place. You can drop down on your knees and pray this prayer to the Lord. And however you want to see the, the increase or the enlargement of your territory in your life, then you present that to the Lord and watch what God will do. Perhaps you have a business and you say, Lord, enlarge my territory, enlarge my business 
And he'll do that. And as you also see the purpose, see the purpose, amen, that the word of God will go forth from Zion, Zion, a representation of the church, to all of the earth. And as we proclaim it, there, there are multitudes already that are receiving it, and those numbers are increasing. Praise the Lord. Praise God. The word is going forth. The, war, the word is going forth out of Zion. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for everybody watching today that even as they understand that prophetically, this is in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1 through 3, year, in the sense where we are stretching out our stakes and we're in, uh, stretching the curtains and lengthening everything. Lord, because it is a time of great increase, and the increase is for the propelling of the gospel message throughout all of the earth. We thank you, for, and also for teaching your people, teaching them your ways so that we can walk in your paths. Father, we thank you. We rejoice in you. We rejoice in you. Father, let, let your people connect with your heart through this prayer, and I thank you that you're going to grant it to them. And they're going to see immediate movement in their lives, just like you did for Jabez. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when you're righteous, you can be a good judge. <laughs> but when you're unrighteous, you're a bad judge. Maybe you took a bribe. Or maybe you just, you don't care, so you're going to just uh, call the case however you want to because you don't, you don't care about justice. But when you're righteous, you can be like Othniel, like Jabez. You can be a great judge. You can be a great leader because you have character. You can be a great warrior because you have faith and not fear. Mm -mm. Praise God. Oh, there's a lot packed into this little prayer. Praise the Lord. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as your personal Lord and Savior. Right now, He extends salvation to you if you will open your heart to Him and surrender your life to Him and ask Him to save you. He will save you right now. If you would like to do that, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, you rose from the dead on the third day, and now you are seated in heaven at the right hand of your Father. Lord Jesus, save me from my sins. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. Jesus, I repent and turn from my sin, and I commit my life fully to you from this day forward. And Lord, I'm going to walk in your ways. Now say this, say, Jesus, teach me your ways. And thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And those of you that have prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. My friends, let's take Holy Communion together today and just rejoice in what Jesus has made available for us. Hallelujah. And the Lord is moving. Mm-mm. I see that God the Father is just waiting for you to pray that prayer. And we're going to take a moment after we've taken communion and give the Lord a few minutes so you can lift that prayer up to Him. Praise God. Let's grab some communion. Uh, take some unleavened bread and some grape juice, and let's pray over it together. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We set the bread and the juice apart as being holy now through this prayer. We bless it. We thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Christ. Father, we still see with our physical eyes a little wafer and some grape juice, but we thank you that this is the mystical body and blood of Christ, and we receive it as such. Father, thank you for the flesh of our Savior. Thank you, O God, for the prayer of Jabez and helping us to understand who Jabez is. He's Othniel. And, O God, we just thank you that you are establishing righteousness in our lives and that we can be teachers of righteousness. We give you praise. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the Lord's body. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for its sin-cleansing ability. And Father, just like Jabez prayed that he asked that you would keep him from evil. And Father, we first ask that you would forgive us of all of our sins, wash us clean through the blood of Christ, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father. And Father, we forgive anybody, anyone who sinned against us. And Father, we pray that you keep us from evil. There's so many things out there, Father God, through so many different forms of evil that are presented. And it's a very dirty world that we live in, O oh God, uh, dirty spiritually. We ask that you would keep us from those things. We thank you, Father God, that just like you uh, delivered Jabez, you'll protect and deliver us as well. So, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, and we receive it now in his name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. Just lift our hands for a moment and worship the Lord. Lord, we just praise you. We worship you. Father, you're the God of Jabez. You're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you're the God of Jabez. And Father, we thank you that that was his, that was his nickname. Hallelujah. That was his, just his term of endearment name. But we thank you, Father, for Othniel and the great work that he did. Thank you, Father God, that I, I see that you're increasing your people. You're expanding your people into new territory. Father, we give you the praise because we praise you before it's ever, it ever takes place because we know it's going to happen. We're in the season. I thank you, Father, for promotion for your people and the uh, enlargement of territory. Father, we give you praise and glory. We bless you. We bless you. Lift your hands with me. Let's just thank him for it in advance. Father, we thank you and we praise you. You're a great God. You're a good God. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. I tell you, I'm seeing, I, I, uh, I, I'm seeing promotion come swiftly for, for quite a few people. I'm seeing promotion come. It's your time of lifting up. Blessed be the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, my friends, I'm going to step off now and leave you in the Lord's presence, leave you with the Lord. And I'd like to ask you just to take a moment and you and God one-on-one, -on -one, or you kneel down and pray this prayer to him from your heart. And I believe that God's going to grant it to you as well. And you're going to see God move in your life in this area. God bless you. Thanks for watching. See you back next time. Bye-bye.